welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a life coach, certified ultra running coach, and high altitude mountaineer. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like an athlete so you can reach that summit, hike that hike, or finish that trail race. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, endurance training will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? I am good. I am actually recording this on a Saturday, which feels really weird. The only reason I'm doing it on a Saturday is because I have a huge challenge that launches next week. Hopefully you all are in it. If you're listening in the future, it's probably too late for this challenge. But one of my goals for this year in business is just really to start bringing you is a lot of free content, free workshops, free masterclasses. And of course, there's always this podcast whenever you want a dose of yours truly for free. Um, Another thing I recommend is my emails. It's almost like getting another podcast, except you can read this one. So if you're not on my email list, definitely subscribe. It also makes it really easy to sign up for those free masterclasses, free workshops when when they're happening. So today... I want to talk with you. I want to talk with you about a thought error that I think almost every endurance athlete I've ever coached has some form of. And it's kind of funny. I call it the stern daddy fallacy or the tough coach fallacy. There's probably a scientific name for it. There must be. It's so common. Here's how the thought error goes. It's the idea that in order to be disciplined, in order to reach your goals, in order to achieve, you have to be mean to yourself. And for an athlete that is having this thought error, discipline means being tough on yourself, beating yourself, whipping yourself to go forward. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan like me, there's, there's, I can't even remember, like some scene where they're watching the orcs run really fast from a distance and Aragorn says, they run as if the whips of their masters were behind them. That is a lot of you in training. (laughs) Only the person with the whip is you and the person running is you. In order to really like frame up how sad this thought air is, I almost like to think about it like when there's a mean coach for little kids and you have all these cute little kids, they're excited to learn the sport. They don't really care. Like maybe it's baseball. They're out like picking daisies in the outfield, but the coach is taking it so seriously and yelling at them and treating them like they're players in high school and that they should want to win even when they don't. And just like, won't let them rest, won't let them be kids, won't let them learn and all the failure and, and mess around that goes with that. And if you're the person watching that happen, I don't know if some of you have kids in sports, it's probably so uncomfortable to watch. You're like, oh my gosh, the poor kids, like leave them the, the fuck alone. And yet we, we do this to ourselves and a pretty consistent level as athletes. So how does this all come about? Like, why does everyone pretty much do this? I really think this is what's going on. We think the problem is that we're fundamentally lazy, that there's something in our very nature that is bad, slothful, lazy, undisciplined, that if we don't whip ourselves to be good, we're going to turn real fast into this person who's living in a dilapidated trailer, drunk on wine at 12 in the afternoon, watching Netflix while our kids run around the yard naked with no pants on. 
even though it sounds ridiculous, it's true that humanity has this terrible view of ourselves. It's perpetuated by the patriarchy. It's perpetuated by our institutions. I mean, you think about, remember going to elementary school. It started then. We, we were ranking the kids by how, maybe not by grades at that point, but I remember reading groups when I was in first grade. And you definitely wanted to be in the sunburst group, which was the really good group. And then the crappy reading group was the clover leaves and oh my gosh you looked at all those kids and just knew they weren't very smart so it, it even started back then and then if you grew up I'm not sure how it is in other churches I grew up in the Christian church there's so many things right there's the whole idea of original sin that we're born bad that if we're good in this life maybe we can earn our way to heaven, earn worthiness, and finally have a rest because we'll finally be worthy of it. And it's also true that it happens in the workplace. Like, I think it's so funny right now, like all this push to get employees back to work because it would be terrible to let the employees work remotely because they'll get less done without someone on their ass all the time, right? So you can see this, this whole idea that we need to be strict with ourselves, even if someone else isn't being strict with us, it's in the very fabric of our culture, our society, our institutions, like we're breathing it since birth. So no wonder so many of us feel this way. And if you do notice this, these tendencies in yourself, I certainly don't want you to beat yourself up or feel like there's something wrong with you. You are just responding normally to all the conditioning that's out there all around you in the world since you were born. So we think the problem is that we're lazy. So we think the solution is that we just need to be very vigilant for signs of our own laziness so we can shame ourselves out of it, beat ourselves out of it, guilt ourselves out of it. One way we do this is just by having ridiculous expectations of ourselves. Really, researchers found that like having high expectations of yourself, like independent of what anyone else thinks, really is like a risk factor for suicide, for self-loathing, for anxiety, for depression, for all these things that can really make our lives difficult. Another way that this plays out for us is we see rest as something that we have to earn, not something that that's our right as humans, not something that's actually a key to productivity and achievement. It's something that because we're lazy, anytime we're resting, it's important that we make ourselves feel guilty about it, don't do it for too long, only do it after we get certain things done. And this, especially in athletics, but in other areas of life too really adds up to us being kind of miserable <laughs> and it can add up to things like overtraining or just not getting great results in your training because your recovery is off, your rhythm is off. So that's what we think the solution is. Why doesn't it work? Why doesn't whipping ourselves work? And I, I think part of the problem, part of the reason this is so powerful in people's minds, this idea that we need to whip ourselves in order to be disciplined is to some degree in the short term, it does work kind of for a while. Shame is really a powerful emotion. We can shame ourselves to take action even though it feels bad, which is one reason that we do it. We really think that this is what works for a lot of us. It's kind of the only thing we know that works. If I beat myself up, I'll get stuff done. That's always how it's been. We've never even been allowed in our own minds and really in society to experience anything else. However, the other thing I want you to remember is 
that it's possible that this way, the shaming ourselves into discipline, into achievements, doesn't get us as far as we could get without shame. And this is the reason. We are averse to painful emotions, shame, frustration, guilt, unworthiness. They're all very painful emotions to us. They all like really get to our core, to who we are as a human. And when we're feeling those emotions, it's really hard for us to sustain action. It's really hard to take action from a place of frustration over and over again, stay disciplined, achieve over the long term without completely burning out, without coming to the place where you're just tired of feeling bad all the time. And that's when you see people just throw up their hands and quits or you know, really cut back on their goals, cut back on their training. They're just tired of the pain. They're tired of that emotion. So if beating ourselves up isn't the answer and being lazy isn't really even the problem, what's the real problem? Here it is. You are a human living a human existence. You are a creature whose actions, especially over the long term, are very emotionally driven. When you feel better, you take more action. You take higher quality action. You think more about that action and ultimately you do better. When you feel shame, frustration, self-loathing, you don't do as well as you probably could. You do worse. So if the problem is that we just need to feel better, what's the real solution? It really is to motivate ourselves from a place of positive emotion. We need to think thoughts that create self-love, excitement, compassion, determination, pride, curiosity, fun, around these goals that we want to reach. And it sounds kind of insane, but all brain research that has ever been done, pretty much all positive psychology, tells us that people who approach goals from a positive place, they achieve more in athletic training, they lose more weight if that's their goal, they make more money if that's their goal. Whatever the goal is, it's true that the happier people do better in the long run. Why the fuck is that? (laughs) I think it's so fascinating. And it's because I think this is so true. Positive emotion makes your brain work better. Scientists now, this is nuts. They can actually watch your brain as it's thinking. They can hook people up to something called functional MRI And they can see that when you're feeling positive emotion, the parts of your brain that solve problems actually light up. And then research on human performance actually suggests that feeling good improves your executive function, so your ability to reason, to plan, to remember, by about 30% as compared to even just feeling neutral, feeling average. Also, feeling bad makes it 30% worse compared to neutral. So that's a 60% difference between feeling good and feeling bad. That's pretty huge. And it's so funny, funny aside, as I've been struggling with COVID brain, which really impacts my executive function, I see this so clearly. When I'm managing my mind, I'm kind of keeping it happy to neutral. I don't notice the brain fog so much. And then when I'm anxious or spinning around, that's when I put my peanut butter in the fridge and can't find it. It's so clear to me how this works as I'm going through post-COVID. So now that we have the real problem, the real solution, and you know why it works, you really, really need to work on thinking thoughts that create positive emotion around your goals 
And we really need to kind of start shifting some of these negative thoughts. We need to calm, we need to quiet down, stern daddy, tough coach, whatever you want to call it that's in your head making noise. And for a lot of people, that's the hardest part because we're just so used to listening to tough coach, stern daddy, and just believing everything they say. So I'm going to give you a process to deal with that right now. Pretty simple process. We, we do this in coaching all the time. This is actually inspired by a method called The Work. It's developed by a woman named Byron Katie. If you like it, I really encourage you to read her stuff, go to her website. She's got a ton of free resources. She actually developed this process to self-coach herself when she was in really deep depression and found that it was for her the way to get out. And it really helps for a lot of self-judgments, things, thoughts that come up for us in training that aren't real helpful. So here's how it works. First, you got to find the thought that's causing you to kind of whip and beat yourself. Yeah, sometimes you got to just sit quietly and just see kind of what stern daddy is telling you, what tough coach is telling you. And here's a hint. It's usually not something like, oh, my running splits were slow today. If you really dig down, it's usually kind of a global self-judgment, something like I'm lazy or I'm worse than other people. I'm behind. I'm unmotivated. So in, the, in this exercise, let's go with I'm lazy, as that's kind of a common one that I see come up with clients. And then what we're going to do is really to ask ourselves about this four questions about this thought. And then we're going to kind of fuck with this thought a little, basically, after we do all that. We're going to do something called a reversal. And asking your brain questions is magic. And here's why. Your brain, anytime you ask it a question and then it's left in unanswered, it drives your brain crazy. It, 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 it abhors a vacuum, as they say. Your brain always has to answer any question that it perceives. So most of us kind of go around asking our brains, not on purpose, but kind of just as our thoughts flow through us through the day, we're kind of asking our brains like super shitty questions like, why am I such a terrible mom? Why am I so weird and awkward? And it answers for us. It tells us all the reasons that that's true because that's what brains do. They answer the question. So one way to completely change your life, we do this all the time in, the, in coaching. One of the biggest things we practice is just asking your brain better questions <laughs> so that it's going to give you useful answers that feel better, that feel better in your body. So once you have the thought, we're going to use I'm lazy. You're going to ask it four questions. I encourage you to write down the answers because writing actually slows your brain down. It gives it a little more space to think. So you get more information And the four questions you're going to ask your brain about this thought we'll use it's lazy is number one, is it true? You want to answer this yes or no. <laughs> so go ahead and answer that. And the reason that this question is so powerful, by the way, is that our brain is constantly offering us thoughts and most of them believe that they're true without question. We never even stop to question them a bit. So we're going to change that right now. Is this true? Yes or no? You can write down your answer. And often, if we're really attached to this thought, our brain may be really screaming, yes, that it's true. I am just a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> so in that case, ask the second question. 
Can you really know 100% that it's true? Again, just answer yes or no. And if your brain still wants to answer yes, you got to get a little scientific about this. Could you design a double-blinded controlled science experiment to prove that you're lazy? Probably not, right? (laughs) There's no way to know for sure. What even is lazy? We're not going to get a certified letter from the universe that's going to tell us we're lazy. And you can even ask yourself, how could I be wrong about this? Is there any conceivable scenario where I might not just be lazy? Really see if you can get to a no for number two. And then number three, when you believe the thought, I'm lazy, how do you show up? Often it is exactly what we just described, being tough on yourself, beating yourself, whipping yourself, not giving yourself enough rest. And you can even ask yourself, like, what's that creating? Like a lot of times it just makes training feel hard, tiring. We start to dread it. It's hard to get out the door to go for our run. So just kind of write down everything that thought is creating for you, how it's showing up in your life, in your actions. And then number four, who would you be without this thought? And the goal here is not to stop thinking the thought. The goal here is not to gaslight yourself into believing life is perfect and happy all the time. Mr. Bluebird is on your shoulder. It's not that. We simply want to just start to expand your perspective and really show you how your thoughts, which fundamentally are optional, you can think anything you want, really mess with you. So Sometimes it helps just to go to a moment, like if, if you always feel like frustration or resistance when you're putting on your running shoes, for example, to go out for a run, what would it be like to not just be having that fight with yourself, to not have that thought, I'm lazy, to just be, to just get to be a person who's there putting on your shoes. It's no big deal. There is no existential battle about your worthiness happening in your mind. So just kind of go there, kind of see who you are without that thought. Spoiler alert, often it it feels really good when you just kind of let yourself be there without the thought. You're like, whoa, (laughs) this would just make everything so much easier. So there's our four questions. And now comes what we call the reversal. This is where we just kind of take the thought and mess with it. (laughs) And again, not so that we can gaslight ourselves into believing things are perfect, that we have to be happy all the time, that we have to believe things that aren't true. It's really just to get ourselves in the habit of talking back to your brain when it's a mean coach, when it's a stern daddy, really just so that you can feel better. We're going to start chipping away at this I'm lazy crap that we used to believe and see if we can shift that towards something that feels better, that helps us do better. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the thought, I'm lazy. You're going to be like, what's the opposite of this thought? So one you could use is I am a hard worker. I've also heard people use, I get shit done. (laughs) There's a few, there's so many, but just choose the one that feels right for you. I'm going to use, I'm a hard worker. And so once you have that reversed thought, you're going to ask yourself, how is that true? Now, your brain may really resist this. It may want to tell you you're lazy. And when that happens, when you feel that happening, just gently remind it. No, no, we're, we're not thinking about that right now. We're thinking about all the ways it's true that I'm a hard worker. 
Can you come up with some even small examples, brain? And if you're having a, a little bit of a hard time with this, I'll kind of go through um, some questions, kind of what this might look like. One thing you can ask yourself is, where in your life do you work hard? If you work hard at your job or taking care of your kids or at being a great partner, I'm really sorry, but you are officially a hard worker. If you do any one of those things, you don't get to be a hard worker in one area of life and just a lazy piece of shit in others. <laughs> if you can work hard at one thing, you can work hard at anything, probably just not everything. Another question you can ask yourself as you're kind of playing with this reversal is, what does hard work even fucking mean? Like, fundamentally to me, when I answer that question, it's doing any work that feels hard, taking any action that feels hard. So for some people, getting out of bed in the morning is hard. And for some people, getting themselves out the door to work is hard. And I know when I had long COVID, like the, like during the worst of the of it, I couldn't do very much. I was really tired and brain fogged and just kind of felt like ass all around. And I didn't do anything in my business for a few months except coach my existing clients. And for that, I just let hard work mean showing up with curiosity and compassion, holding space for them, and just really trying to ask great questions. And Everything else that went into running a business that felt very important and urgent, I let it go for a couple of months because just the coaching was hard work. And another thought that kind of flows from all of this is, you know what's really hard fucking work? <laughs> Starting anything new. And if you think about it, you are making so many mental adjustments. When you start an exercise program, for example, you have to go put it in the schedule, you have to figure out what to wear, you have to go to the gym where you may feel out of place or anxious, you have to get more intimate with your own body, which may not feel good, especially at first. What if that all gets to be hard fucking work? So <laughs> there you have it. If I haven't convinced you that you're a hard worker by now, you should definitely just keep seeing what it is for you. Sit with that paper, let it come, write it down, do your four questions. Just really allow it to come to you without forcing, without judgment, even finding the small things if that's what it takes at the start. Yeah, there you have it. Find the thought. Ask the four questions, then do your reversal at the end and ask, how is it true? And I guarantee you will start to see these negative thoughts lose their grip. Stern daddy, tough coach, maybe yelling at you, but yeah, you won't care. And when you get to that place, I, I can promise you, it is pure magic. What if you get to train for the race, the mountain, for the whatever, and just not even give a shit about the final result? Because you, at that point, don't need the result. You know you are just fine as you are. You just want the result because you think it's going to be fun. <laughs> you think it's going to be cool. <laughs> but your existence, your worthiness as a person it has nothing to do with it. So when you can get to that place and live from that place, that's where life gets pretty freaking amazing. 
And if you really want to supercharge this process of finding and questioning your thoughts, restructuring your brain, come coach with me. This is exactly what we do. And we can work together to restructure your brain faster. Often it doesn't take long at all, which is why I just have a six-week container. It's super short compared to a lot of life coaches. So friends, I am going to wrap it up right there. I will see you here next Wednesday. Till then. Go get it.